After visiting Discovery Cove in the morning on April 14th, our group spent the afternoon in another place with captive animals, Wild Florida, where the highlighted critters are alligators. I've spent enough time in such wild places as Merritt Island National Wildlife Refuge and the Everglades that captive alligators didn't interest me. Wild Florida also featured several mammals on their wild animal safari, such as zebras, giraffes, antelopes, and bison. They also featured two-toed sloths and some other animals in enclosures. I suspect a lot of tourists never learned that despite Wild Florida's name, none of those animals has ever been found wild in central Florida. We had an hour or so to kill before a scheduled airboat ride. I used that time to photograph a perfectly wild red-shouldered hawk and a gorgeous peacock strutting around. Peafowl have been brought all over the world from India, and the wild populations have been established here and there, including in parts of Florida, eBird called this one an exotic. It was still nice to get good photos. I was certain I'd outright dislike the airboat ride. Airboats are extremely loud and burn a lot of fossil fuels. But unlike most motorboats, airboats do not have dangerous underwater propellers. So despite the noise, and especially at the slow speed we maintained, they are far, far safer for slow-moving creatures such as manatees, which aren't found in wild Florida anyway. We had to wear heavy-duty, noise-suppressing headphones on the ride, allowing us to protect our hearing while listening to the captain. Wild Florida is located at the top of what was once that enormous river of grass, the Everglades, and the boat captain was very familiar with the birds and other natural and non-natural wildlife here. When we passed cattle grazing in the shallow water, he explained that Florida is a major producer of beef, something I hadn't been aware of, and he also pointed out the cattle egrets hanging out with the cows. As a birder, I of course noticed them, but was pleased that this is the sort of thing he apparently tells tourists about. He pointed out mottled ducks, sandhill cranes, including parents with a colt, and lots of herons and egrets. I counted about 150 common gallinule adults and chicks on the ride. He also pointed out a red-shouldered hawk. My photos from the boat are much cooler than the ones I'd already taken earlier. That bird was perched on man-made structures, while this one was sitting in natural vegetation. I was headed to South Florida in another week, hoping against hope I could see a gray-headed swamp hen. I mentioned that, and the captain made just a slight turn and pointed one out. As in a lot of touristy places, the birds in the spot have grown accustomed to human traffic. I was thrilled to see this lifer at all, and very impressed with the captain's piloting skill and conscientiousness. He approached close enough for us to get satisfying looks, while not getting close enough to frighten what turned out to be not just one bird, but a family unit. The parents and chick were eating as they walked along at the edge of the vegetation, apparently not concerned about us noisy, nosy human gawkers. 
From the airboat, we also saw lots of limpkins and one snail kite, easy to recognize but too distant for good photos. These two birds are dependent on apple snails. When I mentioned that I didn't have any photos of apple snail egg clusters, the captain drew us close enough to not just see but get good photos that will be very useful in programs I do about invasive apple snails, limpkins, and snail kites. I hadn't expected much at Wild Florida, but I ended my afternoon visit with a list of 40 wild species, some great photos, and a lifer, that gray-headed swamp hen. I was thrilled. I'm Laura Erickson, speaking for the birds.